Hello and welcome to this episode of Travel Stories, being recorded in the beautiful home office, Chateau Relaxo, Florida. Tonight, part one of a two-part series with the Chateau Relaxo CEO on our recent trip to Niagara Falls. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome. Tonight we're fortunate enough to have again the CEO of Chateau Relaxo back with us for her second interview. How are things at Chateau Relaxo? They're awesome. (laughs) We are anticipating a hurricane. And hopefully it goes the other way, but we have spent the better part of the day or so kind of strapping stuff down and moving stuff from outside inside. And making room for the stuff to come inside. And so all of the Chateau Relaxo residents are back in college? Yes. So we've got what? Three. Valencia. Seminole State. And the University of Central Florida. So we've got that under wraps on it. You had a busy July. You had a couple trips, correct? Yes, I did. Georgia and upstate New York. And your Georgia trip was for your birthday. Yes, so we stayed at the top of the world in Atlanta. The top of, we got an upgrade. And I got introduced to Luxardo cherries. <laughs> she had never had Luxardo cherries, and we were at Sundial Restaurant. We ended up staying at the, was it the Hyatt? The big round hotel downtown Atlanta? Yes. And they upgraded you to a... Five-room suite. <laughs> for her birthday. Had four TVs, two bathrooms, a refrigerator, three doors. A dining room. And a dining room. And an office and a lounge. Right. So we could see from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium all the way up to Georgia Tech. And you go from floor one to floor 68 in 30 seconds. So it was, and then we had dinner that night at the Sundial where you got introduced to Luxardo Cherries. (laughs) And just for a side note, the Sundial does not spin anymore. Yes, unfortunately, somebody... uh, uh, unfortunately, a small child got wedged between the floor and the rotating part, and tragedy struck. So they no longer rotate. It used to be that it rotated, and the flying joke was that if you went to the bathroom and came back out, your table would be on the other side of the restaurant. But it no longer rotates. And that was a fun trip. We didn't do anything much else. So that was a quick up and back. That was when I hit the bird. Yes, you hit a hawk, and you broke my front headlight. $1,300 for a headlight. Mm-hmm. So if anybody's curious, don't take out a Jeep running light. It's not cheap. And then the second trip was we made our way up to Buffalo, New York, into Niagara Falls mm-hmm. and all that. And that was a good trip. It was yes. a very good trip. All tri- I always say all trips are good trips. Every trip I take is a good trip. I booked the trip where we had a tour to do every day, so we didn't really have any downtime. And, of course, this was our annual... What was it? Anniversary tour. Yes. Yes. We usually end up doing something on our on our anniversary. So we flew into Buffalo, New York Airport, which was new for you. Right. The previous time I had been to Buffalo, I flew into the right airport but booked my car at the wrong airport. Take note, there are two Buffalo airports, and they're very easy to get confused. And we, uh, I guess it was about a 40-minute drive from Buffalo mm-hmm. Airport up to... Where we were staying. We stayed on the American side, which is a no-no, right? Well, it's not as desirable. The Canadian side has more to offer. 
nicer restaurants, evening activities, whereas the American side, the only thing we found that was potentially safe was the casino. <laughs> so it was a population of probably 75 to 80-year-old people who couldn't breathe on oxygen. They're so. all wearing oxygen or oxygen tanks and rascal scooters. But it was true. Everybody kept saying, stay on the Canadian side. And I was looking at the map going, why would you do that? Well, we found out the river flows the other direction by the hotel. But we had a nice hotel. It was on the river. So Correct. we did have a river view, which was cool. It had a very nice room. They upgraded us. Had a great room. Had a whirlpool. And we had an endless supply of double tree cookies. Every time we walked in there, they handed us two or three more chocolate chip cookies. They couldn't get rid of them quick enough. The bartenders made good drinks. Yeah. The breakfast was always good. We ended up eating lunch and dinner most of the time, either before our tour or after our tour. And then we went to the Anchor Bar location in Buffalo that the day that we got there, and that Correct. was another letdown. I had been to the original Anchor Bar and did not think it was that great, and this Anchor Bar was, I'd say, about the same. I and know. I think I had the chicken wing wrap. You had some kind of wrap. It was, it was and spicy. And a local beer. Right. And you had the chicken wings. Of course. And a local beer. Like Steve said, the chicken wings left little to be desired. They okay. were edible. Had better wings at, at hotel bars before. So, And then that afternoon, we went on our first tour. Mm-hmm. Or no, we actually went over to the Skyline Tower. Right. So, so. We, we, uh, we crossed over to Canada. Went into the Skylon Tower, which, do you have the information about it? It was. It is. It also has a rotating dining room, but you can see the Horseshoe Falls, the American Falls, and the Bridal Veil. So you can see all three falls, which I didn't realize. I thought there was just one waterfall, but there's three distinct falls. And on a clear day, you can see for 80 miles, but it was not clear. No, a very bad storm was coming in while we were up. How many feet in the air? It is 775 feet above the gorge. So I don't think the tower is 700 feet, but above it's up on the bluff. But we watched the storm move in. You could see it coming from uh, across the way, which was kind of kind of neat. But we, had, th- we got very animated pictures of our hair or my your hair. hair. Not my hair, your <laughs> hair. <laughs> I had no animated pictures. <laughs> and of course, there were a couple idiots that had to go out on the deck and take pictures in the and the wind was moving. It was it was not a, a small storm. Slight hurricane up Slight there in hurricane. Canada. <laughs> and of course, you have to park to go there. The one thing that we found out is that parking in Canada is very expensive and hard to find. It is. And then that night, we did the uh, Niagara Falls tour that you booked on the back on the American side. Correct. And that consisted of the Maid of the Mist boat ride. Right. Which was cool. Which is the blue one on it's, the American side. Yeah, it's blue. But they only had one boat running. They had it broken down one of their boats. So it was there was a wait for that. So the tour started out with, um, it was a small truck or a small bus. And the gentleman picked us up and went around to all the different stops. And we went on the Matamus tour, which was, it was neat, like Steve said. And then we went over to the bathtub. The Niagara Whirlpool. The Whirlpool, which is also very interesting. It's in a park. And then we headed back to the Niagara Falls. Cave of the Winds. Park on the American side. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the state park. It's a state park. We saw the Cave of the Winds 
movie, which is how they built the visiting part of the Niagara Falls. And so at this time, it's approximately 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. You had to go down in the elevator. What did he say? It was a couple hundred feet to get down to the to the water level to do the I guess they call it behind the the cave or the or the winds of the the cave. You had to. This deck is built along the side <laughs> of the river, and it's taken down at winter time, and it's put back up in the springtime, and it's made out of wood, and it's wet. And it's slippery. And it's dark. And there's 5,000 million <laughs> seagulls pooping all over the place. And I had to wear stupid sandals. They and you gave, have to wear stupid us. sandals. You don't even wear your own shoes. So we walked out, and it was okay. You go to the first landing, which is the landing that you walked out on. And then all of a sudden, you're climbing steps. So you don't realize that as you're going up these steps, you're taking all these amazing pictures of the falls. And they, they light lights in the evening on the fall. So on the American side, you have the red, white, and blue. And on Can- the Canadian side, they have... They change colors, but they shoot it across both sides of the, ri- the river. So as you're walking up these steps, like a deck, you're saying, okay, this is really cool. You're watching the speed of the water come off of the bridal veil. You're, you know, it's just amazing. And then you get up to the very top. And this water is gushing <laughs> over the deck, and it, it's like a monsoon downpour. Cliff note, in the end, you have to go all the way back down where you started to in get, the dark, to get back using up. your iPhone flashlight to light the steps so that you can see in your shower shoes that they gave you. They don't fit with my Fred Flintstone That don't fit <laughs> with seagulls dive bombing you. Uh, but was, it was adventurous. It, it was, was fun. It was fun. But the key is that when you don't see any any employees from the park down there, you know it was you're taking your life in your own hands. There was no there were no park rangers down there. There Nothing. were no lights. I mean, I think they had one little thing of rope lights on the bottom. But it was kind of interesting. It would be more interesting during the day. I think. Yeah, that one. We just we booked that it one. It was in. quite dangerous. And then at ten o'clock. At 10 o'clock that night, they do fireworks, and so we were starving. We finished up with that at, what, like 9 o'clock? I, th- I want to say it was between 9 and 9.30, yeah. And so we ended up walking. The hotel was, what, less than a mile from the, the, the National Park. So Correct. we ended up, we bailed on the bus and just walked back to the to the park. To walked the, the out of the National Park, down the roads in <laughs> Buffalo, having no clue where we were. And, I'm, uh, in my, I'm in my shower shoe going Yeah, shower shoes, walking flip-flop. down the street. We got back to the hotel and spent what seventy five dollars for two two meals. <laughs> two meals, two amazing sandwich, hotel sandwiches. There's no here's here's a note an asterisk if uh, if you don't travel and you suddenly decide to travel, there are no deals in hotels when it comes to food or drink. I have spent seven and eight dollars for a can of beer at times on the roads. So that was the first day, mm-hmm. and we were pretty we were pretty tired because we left out of here. We had a direct flight into Buffalo, and we landed in Buffalo before noon. Yeah, we. Le- I That's think fine. we had to be at the airport at six. At six, the key is getting direct flights. Right, and there was only one. So then Saturday was our big day. We went back into Canada. Correct. So we did not have a passport. We used our passport cards, so we didn't have to do that. But 
We were in a rental car, and what did we learn? Is that you better have your information prepared. Every time you cross the border, they ask you the same question, but in different ways. Where are you coming from? Where are you going? How long are you going to be here? So every, what do you call them? Mountie, I want to call Canadian. him a Mountie, but I, I'm sure they're a constable or something. Standing there, and they take their jobs very serious. And so, of course, Steve says, where are you coming from? And he says, Apopka, Florida. Oh, no, we're coming from the Doubletree. And the guy says, well, that narrows it down to 2,000 <laughs> locations. So then I kindly, I kind of figured out, oh, we're coming from the Double Tree in Buffalo because I was like half listening to the conversation. Where are you going? We're going on a beer and wine tour throughout the <laughs> Canada. Oh, so you're going to be drunk driving? No, the guy's picking us up at the outlet mall that's right there when you cross the border, and he's dropping us off at the outlet mall. <laughs> so we met the guy maybe 10 o'clock? About, about 10 o'clock. The tour was about four, four, four and a half hours long you definitely have to pace yourself i think it was no it was six hours was it six hours it may six have been hours. okay it may have been six because you have to pace yourself i mean we've done we've done beer and wine tours before and you do have to pace yourself because at some point you got to get back into your own car and get yourself back home I mean, they they were not taking us back over the borders and i i can say i don't typically drink beer and i did say that i'm going to enjoy as much as possible traveling so I did drink the beer or whatever they serve throughout Canada. They're very heavy and they're very strong. Yeah, they were. The first stop we stopped at was the Sunnybrook Winery. So it's Canada's first fruit winery. So the background is this: is it's uh, it was owned originally by the Men- Mennonites. I think it was the Mennonites. The Mennonites. So. They grew it as much as possible, and then they sold it. It's a very small winery. All their wines are made from specific fruits. So we bought a chocolate wine, a blueberry wine. Um, did we buy a cranberry? They had cranberry. I don't know if we bought. Yeah, we did buy a cranberry. We I bought three it, bottles. We bought three bottles. And they were adding on to that facility. They were going to plan to have concerts and a, kind of a small amphitheater. But they were looking at, at upgrading to about a 10,000 square foot production facility. But they, this winery participates in all the, all the all the cider shows. Yes, they're famous for their ciders, and the whole back of the winery, acres and acres, is out an apple orchard. Like I said, the room is very small. It's maybe an eight by eight room, and then there's an area where you can stand at the bar and taste the wine. They line the whole room with their bottles of wine, and on top of the shelves where the wine's stored is the bottles that have won ribbons and awards. They probably had 30 I probably saw them. Yeah, they, they were they, medals. Apparently, you know, they definitely earned the term award-winning. And our, our bus tour driver, after we left there, there was only four of us on the bus, which made it nice. So we were a little bit ahead of schedule. So he took us down to Niagara-on-the-Lake, right? which is a cool town. So it's kind of like a... I don't know, a Helen or a Mount Dora, Helen, Georgia, or a Mountain Dora. Little village. Yeah, little village. Not quite as commercial as uh, Helen. The one thing I noticed throughout Canada is very clean. It's very well maintained. And then when you go into Niagara on the lake, they had parks through intertwined throughout all these antique homes 
which have been turned into businesses or restaurants. Bed and breakfast as Bed well. and breakfast. And people, This again, this was Saturday. So people were all over the place having their picnics. And so in July, late July, this is the big outing because I guess pretty soon they're going to start <laughs> it's, getting it's, cold. It's probably going to start <laughs> snowing. But they said that this Niagara on the Lake is a beautiful place to go to because the it turns into a Christmas village. Yeah, they, they actually get the And if you ever get the chance to go there, which might be one of the stops eventually, we might get to go back and, and do I it would again. definitely. A lot of bicyclers. There's a ton of people. There's a lot of people biking from brewery to brewery yes, as well. Yes, and it's a huge bicycle and they're... They're building it up. The The infrastructure is definitely changing to accommodate the influx of young 30-somethings, right. that, what we, their interest is. We used to call them dinks, dual income, no kids. They did not see a lot of kids, but a lot of young couples. And The houses range between four hundred and eight hundred thousand $800,000. In that area. And then from there, we went over to the Silversmith Brewing Company. That's where we got launched. That was the... Church. Church, which was neat. So now we got into some real beer. So we did end up doing flights. They were heavy, even for me. We did. There was a block, Black Lager, a Mines IPA, the Dam Buster, the Bavarian Breakfast Wheat, and a, a Golden Ale. And so we ran through. See, so the package included a flight. Flight. And then I think they had like six they brought us. So we got to sample. At the after the flight, they were very heavy. The young lady that we were traveling with was not a strong drinker, and so she had to order food at that point in time. So she ordered the macaroni and cheese. I ordered the. You had a puff pastry a puff with pastry. with uh, filled with. Was it a ha- season? It was chicken. It was like chicken. Indian chicken. And it was quite tasty. The young man had... He went with some kind of sandwich that was huge. Uh, on a remember? pretzel bread. Yeah, on a pretzel bread. The bread, Yeah, the bread was just stacked tall. Very interesting couple. He reminded me of Neil Patrick Harris. Mm-hmm. Young. They were celebrating their first anniversary of dating, so they were very animated and into tasting the beers and, and the food. And then from there, we went over to your place, the Wayne Gretzky Estate Winery and Distillery. Go hockey. Go hockey. Hockey love. Yes. What's the difference between a hockey mom and a pit bull? Mm. Lipstick. Well, lipstick. I don't wear a lipstick. I wear um, chapstick. Chapstick at all. So the, um, this, so the backstory with Wayne Gretzky's winery is, is he opened it up a number of years ago. And he was not too successful because it was not centrally located. I think this Niagara on the lake is a big draw, which has now put a lot of business in his direction. At that time, when he figured out he was not being successful, he then got a couple partners. And I think there's actually four. The partners said, hey, let's move over closer to Niagara on the lake. So they built this beautiful facility. So it's two buildings. And then in the middle, it's connected by a patio. And in the patio in July, it's a it's a fountain. But in the winter, it turns into an ice skating pond. And so the kids can go skate. 
you don't bring kids to a winery or a whiskey place. You, but you do in Florida. I guess maybe drunk adults can go skate. <laughs> you can break your break And your we walked initially into the wine shop and were then directed because our tour was for the whiskey the part. Whiskey we traditionally tour the whiskey and the hard liquors when we go vacation, so <laughs> I chose the whiskey side. So the gentleman, there was four seats reserved for us, which was very nice because the place was quite crowded. And we walked up to the bar, and we had our own personal bar attendant, server, and we had a sampling of three or four. Four. We had their... Well, we had a choice of... Oh, that's right. Yeah, we did. And so we ended up going with... And he actually gave us beer. They just released... Like three weeks before we were there, the Gretzky started brewing beer, so we, we actually got a fifth fifth sample. But it was their ninety nine proof Canadian whiskey, which is their high end, their ice ice cask whiskey, their red cask whiskey, and then their Canadian cream. And then the young lady that was traveling with us um, again was filling her liquor on the third stop, <laughs> so she opted to try a couple wines. And then he has what they call a cream. It's like a, it's like a Bailey's or a Irish cream, but it's actually made with real cream. I think she tried the cream. She tried a couple a wine, and then she tried I think the low the fifty dollar bottle of whiskey. So the interesting part of whiskey, um, Steve and I learned a lot about this when we went to the Jack Daniels Distillery tour is the the part of the mouth that the whiskey hits you, whether it hits you on the tip of your tongue or it hits you in the back of your throat, as to the the high end part of the, the, the higher it goes in the levels of price and value. When the gentleman was serving us the whiskey, of course we got the two types of whiskey, and then we try, I tried the cream. Right. The first whiskey, actually both whiskeys I found to be Strong, yeah, sharp. They were, yeah, I would say they were. They, I don't know what the proof hard, was, but they were. Yeah, you know, not they, not. they were not mellowed. Not accommodating to a mellow drink type of sit back and have a, a glass of whiskey. But then he gave us the beaker with the droplet, and he had us drop in a drop of water to both whiskeys, and we noticed substantially the difference between the two whiskeys when it kind of separated the oil and made it a little bit smoother. And just one, one drop of water really, really mellowed them out, which, which, which was interesting because we had never done it. Even at some of the other whiskey tours we've been to, it was pretty much just take the shots. Again, the whiskey was warm. It was room right. temperature. And then the, the cream, they actually brought out their... Spice, liquid spice. They they call it liquid Christmas because it's all the, it's it's basically what you use simple sugar, but it's flavored with nutmeg, some of the other spices, and it really does taste like Christmas in a glass. We actually brought back we brought back a lot of bottles. We'll talk about that in a bit. The cream itself is is very smooth and. You know, thinking about Christmas and nutmeg and something nice after the dinner. It's yummy. Yeah, and it then you take the simple syrup, and again, like Steve said, it just kicks it up a notch. And the simple syrup that he produces is crafted in Niagara in Ontario, Canada. I think it was maybe 
a teaspoonful that he dropped in. Yeah, not much. And it just tastes like Christmas. I mean, it turns every little sensory thing that, you know, and you can taste like a, a Christmas wreath. You can taste a gingerbread cookie. You can taste a Christmas tree. It was quite yummy. They did a good, they did a good job on that. So we, we bought several bottles there. We bought several bottles at the first stop at the... Uh, the cider place. We bought a bottle at the second stop. You bought. Back oh, that's right. We Cody. did. Yeah, I brought back a, the beer. An, uh, some IPA beer. I forgot about that. The entrepreneur. We brought brought him some back. And then the final stop was at the. And this was my favorite. Was the Niagara College Teaching Brewery. And it's a. I, uh, as their website says, a practical learning environment for students in Niagara's College Brewmaster and Brewery Operation Management Program. And so the students actually brew beer. Or create the recipe, and then they put it out into the, I guess, gift shop. And so they produce one or two kegs of it, and that's it. They keep the recipe. It's theirs, you know, when they go on to their, their career and is a brewmaster after they've graduated. You'll go there, and six weeks later, it'll be a completely different setup of, of brews that we were there. And I don't think any, did we drink? They had, they do mass produce some. But I think everything that we drank there was focused on the students. No, there's some, there's, there's, I think there's a half a dozen that they keep around all the time, is what she said. But for example, the top three, which, no, the top four, two out of the four, were named after Harry Potter things. Yeah, they were. And, and I'm not, I'm not a Harry Potter guy, but they, I wrote them down. They were Elder Wand. Mm hmm. Which is from the book, I'm guessing. <laughs> Elder One is the one. Resurrection Stone. Right. And No Schwartz. That was the three. I don't know if the, No Schwartz was part of the So the Elder One and the Resurrection Stone were sold out. We No, the Elder One was sold out. The Resurrection Stone and the sec, the third one we were able to sample. And so we were, we were given four samples at this stop. And so we were able to choose where the ones that I would call staples that they typically have there. And then the student created ones. You know, they have a big chalkboard on the wall, and so, you know, they handwrite it because, like Steve says, it changes on a daily, a weekly, a monthly basis. And then now cannabis is legal in Canada, so now they've they've broadened their teachings at the the brewery uh, college, Niagara College, to include cannabis. So they're doing, I guess, cultivating or teaching how to cultivate cannabis. The one takeaway from this tour, which I really enjoyed the tour and I would I would recommend it highly, was I, I think the one downfall, and it's not the tour company's fault, it's the um, brewing college, was we only had 30 minutes there. Yeah. So we were not even allowed to try an additional one for a price of whatever. We had to leave because then the next group of people were coming in. So it was the four of us that were on the tour and we had 30 minutes. Well, I I mean, nothing for nothing, but somebody sitting there trying an alcohol, you're not going to swig it all because we're not like 20-something years old and looking to like get a good buzz. We've been drinking all day. At that point. And yep. so that would be my one downfall. But it was very interesting because you could see how the college was growing. Oh, yeah. You know, like nice. you said, they're starting to do cannabis. The fence was eight feet tall with bob wire <laughs> around the top. <laughs> then they had a horticulture area where they were growing the plants. That yeah, was the hops. And the, and the, the hops. And, and then the buildings. I mean, they were all beautiful and new. You drove through a dirt road because it is growing. 
and at the end of the day, the um, the students who are going there to learn how to brew and become brewmasters, ninety nine point nine percent of them walk out of there with a well paying job. Yeah, most of them do get do get hired on it, and so that was the end of the tour. The guy was the the father of the the son that owned the tour was actually the bus driver. He was great. He did. I think if there had been more people on that tour, it probably would have been tougher to get in and out of some of the places, or we would have been even more rushed. But you know, the guy was the gentleman was an older gentleman, retired, and he he gave us backstories on everything. And then, of course, traveling with the, the two young Canadians, they also gave us some history. Yeah. Uh, Steve and I both picked up on. Never being to been to Canadian before, it was really a learning experience. They picked us up and they dropped us off at the outlet mall. So, of course, Steve and I did not get into the car and drive like the Border Patrol was thinking we were going to do. <laughs> so we walked around the outlet mall and it was so hot coming from Florida. Yeah, it was think, hot. Yeah, it, was, it was definitely hot. It was a, We were in shorts and, and, and light shirts, but it was still still pretty warm. But it looked just like every other outlet mall that you would find any place. Except for the area when we went in. And it was a little squared off oh, area yeah. that had AstroTurf. And they had food trucks yeah, there. they had probably about a half a dozen food trucks, which and was cool. And it was picnic tables and a little play area for kids. And so it was pretty neat that how they tried to accommodate people during the summer to get out and enjoy the fresh air where... The Outlet Mall, the only place we really went into was the North Face. North Face store. Yeah. And yeah. you actually bought your Canadian leaf shirt. My, yeah, I know. There's a North Face has a series of longitude latitude shirts, and I've got several from across the U.S., but they did not have any. Apparently, it was only for anchor stores. So they, uh, I ended up settling for one with a Canadian maple leaf on it. And then the interesting part, which I had asked, was we stopped for breakfast because the breakfast at the hotel is quite expensive at McDonald's. My McDonald's cup had a maple leaf on it. So I asked the tour people why everything in Canada has a maple leaf on it. So they told me that to do business in Canada, you have to be able to put a maple leaf on it. Yeah, so in the middle of the golden arches on all the cups that had a maple leaf. So that ends up day one and day two. We're going to stop there, and then next week we're going to finish up with day three and four and talk about how we smuggled a ton of booze back into the U.S. (laughs) So stay tuned. (laughs) Hey, wait a second. Don't go. Make sure you check out all the blogs over at HypeAmerica.com. From food to travel to just general life humor, we cover all the topics. Thanks again.